This is the IEEE USA Insight Podcast, Episode 13, a monthly program featuring news, information, and updates from IEEE USA headquarters in Washington, D.C. And now your host, Chris McMains. Hello, listeners, and thank you for joining us today. Let's get started. Have you heard about the new IEEE USA Communications and Power Disaster Relief Vehicle? Dubbed MOVE for Mobile Outreach Vehicle, it recently participated in a fire safety event. According to the American Red Cross, more people die in house fires each year than in natural disasters. So the Red Cross is always reminding people to install smoke alarms and keep fresh batteries in them. On Saturday, May 14th, Red Cross volunteers installed 503 smoke alarms in 150 homes in Duplin County, North Carolina. IEEE members Tim Forrest, Ken Pig, and Jay Diepenbrock deployed the move truck to provide the volunteers with communications and Wi-Fi support for data entry. The truck, which has solar panels on its roof, provided battery power for Red Cross cell phones and hand radios. The vehicle will eventually travel to areas severely damaged by natural disasters and infrastructure failures, and it has already participated in a STEM education event. If you're interested in volunteering or donating to the new MOVE program, please search for IEEE USA and MOVE Community Outreach. Brooke Neufeld was influenced by her father, an electrical engineer, to study engineering. Her decision has been paying big dividends. Brooke is IEEE USA's College Edition 2016 New Face of Engineering. The program recognizes undergraduate students in their third, fourth, or fifth year of education. Honorees exemplify the vision, innovation, and leadership skills that form the foundation of a successful engineering career. A student at Cal Poly Pomona, Brooke has completed two prestigious internships. At SpaceX, she worked on electromagnetic interference. At NASA's Armstrong Flight Research Center, she completed an auto-tracking antenna for small UAVs, unmanned aerial vehicles. She has consulted on high school engineering projects and other STEM education programs. She loves rock climbing and says she can't think of a better way to spend her afternoons than relaxing 50 feet off the ground. The New Faces of Engineering program is organized by Discovery, the same folks who bring us eWeek. Now it's time for IEEE USA eBook Corner, highlighting new free and existing IEEE USA eBooks available to IEEE members. Listen to the engineers with gray hair, for they have much to teach you. They have walked among the rocks and boulders, and they know how to climb the steep inclines. With these words, veteran engineer and educator Harry T. Roman introduces his newest IEEE USA ebook, one that he wrote especially for young engineers. Packed with solid practical advice, Tips for Young Engineers offers dozens of useful career-building ideas the author acquired during his 36-year career with Public Service Electric and Gas Company, the largest utility serving New Jersey. 
Young engineers in my company were very carefully guided and brought along in the time-honored tradition of learning the ropes with an experienced engineer close by, writes Roman. But he cautions that today's young technical professionals will likely change jobs a number of times during their engineering careers. Such transitions place the need for initiative and resourcefulness squarely on their shoulders. In nine concise chapters, one for each major facet of developing a technical career, the author discusses specific steps that young engineers can take to advance themselves for both immediate and long-term benefits. For example, Roman encourages every engineering professional to build his or her own personal contacts database. He describes it as a journal of the people you meet, such things as contact information, subjects discussed, their expertise, and perhaps some notes about what strikes you as interesting about them. He recommends starting a contacts database when beginning a new job or embarking on a major assignment, such as a joint project with other companies and their staffs. It doesn't matter whether these people work for your organization or another company, Roman writes. Face facts. It's not only about what you know, but who you know. Not surprising for someone who has been an IEEE member for 44 years, Harry Roman believes that joining IEEE is essential, either while a student or just starting one's career. The downstream benefits are incredible, he writes, and I can attest to its value in my career and professional growth. Among the benefits of IEEE membership, he cites access to one of the best technical logical libraries in the world, meeting engineers from all over the world, attending cutting-edge conferences, webinars, and symposia, and publishing one's research in highly respected publications. The author also, also encourages every young engineer to become involved in IEEE, which opens many doors to exciting projects and access to the movers and shakers of the electrical engineering world. Other career-building topics that Roman discusses in the ebook include documenting field visits, writing technical papers, compiling an ongoing career history, and intellectual property considerations. Tips for Young Engineers is available at shop.ieeeusa.org. The member price is $5.99. Non-members can purchase the book for $7.99. I'm Georgia Stelludo for IEEE USA. In the IEEE USA Inside Spotlight, we bring you close up to a newsmaker or public figure with a quick one-on-one -on -one interview. This month, Chris talks to IEEE Life Fellow, Dr. Pramod Kargadecker, who leads the National Science Foundation's $800 million Directorate of Engineering. Prior to this, he was Deputy Director for Technology at the Department of Energy's Advanced Research Projects Agency, ARPA-E. In this interview, he discusses what he thinks of the U.S. engineering workforce and other topics of interest to IEEE members. Well, thank you very much for meeting with me today. I'm glad to be with you this afternoon. Yeah, it's a, uh, a beautiful day. Uh, too bad we're inside, but this is, a, this is a nice place to be here at NSF. And uh, are you enjoying your role here as assistant director of, en of the engineering director? Yeah, I, oh, very much. Loving, loving what I'm doing here. I sometimes say that this is the best job I've ever had. And that includes being, having been a professor all my life, having been a department chair and a dean. And this is an exceptional opportunity to serve the nation and serve the engineering community uh, from the National Science Foundation, which, as you know, is the premier funding agency for all science and engineering research all across the nation. So I'm very much enjoying what I'm doing here. And uh, 
being from IEEE USA, I'm obviously very proud that you're an IEEE fellow. How, how long have you uh, been a, had that uh, fellowship rank? Uh, I, I'm now speaking from memory. So either it's 91 or 93 that I was elected a fellow of IEEE. Mm -hmm. So it's been two decades or more that mm -hmm. I've, been a, I've been a fellow of IEEE, been a member for much longer. Uh, I think been a member since probably early 80s. Mm -hmm. So more than three, three decades of IEEE membership and very proud of it. Were you a student member and then continued on or did you become a member after you uh, were already working? Again, this is like, you know, talking about late 70s that I was a graduate student at the University of Florida. I don't have a clear recollection if I was ever a student member. I may have directly become a member after I uh, graduated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you think your IEEE membership has really benefited you through oh, the years? Dramatically. I mean, uh, professionally, having been part of IEEE and IEEE Control System Society, which is my home society, is uh, really my professional affiliation. So if I think of myself and what professional society I belong to professionally, I would say it's IEEE. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it has been enormously valuable to me as I grew up uh, as an academic researcher from the ranks of assistant professor to associate professor, full professor, then chair and dean. IEEE has been uh, the main professional uh, society affiliation I've had. And so I'm very, very uh, grateful for, to IEEE for all the things that it does for its members and for people like myself. Uh, I, I don't think a lot of people like me would be who we are if IEEE didn't exist. So we certainly owe a big, big vote of thanks to IEEE for creating this wonderful, enriching, uh, and I might add a powerful professional organization that it is, mm -hmm. uh, and bringing electrical and computer engineers together. Well, we have over 420,000 members worldwide now, which much, with much of the growth going on in in China and in India and uh, uh, countries outside of the United States. So at one time I used to say that this was the largest, single largest professional society of all. Is that still true? I mean, I haven't kept track with numbers. Yeah, that we're the largest technical professional society in the yeah. world. Well, very proud of being a member of one. <laughs> and what do you think about the the state of the U.S. STEM workforce now? Is it, you think it's uh, strong? Is it a little weak? Are we uh, kind of in the middle? What are your thoughts on the workforce? I would say it is strong. So certainly, you know, if I look at the student quality that's coming into my university, it is a very high quality student body and uh, engineering actually has seen growth. Uh, my worry is much more to do with our future. And that is, uh, so, so the concern I have has to do with the demographic changes that are underway. So if I look at college population as a whole, more than 50% are women. If I look at engineering, number of undergraduate degrees going to women is around 20%. So, and electrical engineering is, I think, even less than that. Uh, you look at Hispanics, uh, there has been significant growth there. We are, I think, about 10% uh, in undergraduate student uh, degrees in engineering. Uh, but still, if you look at compared to number of Hispanics in the national population, that number is still quite low. Mm -hmm. And that, to my mind, becomes a big concern because Hispanics are the fastest growing uh, community. And then among African Americans, we actually have gone backwards. That is, the number of undergraduate degrees going to African Americans has actually declined from 5% to 
uh, I think little over, uh, just shed under 4%. Mm -hmm. So my concern is uh, a large fractions of uh, the student body are not entering engineering. Uh, and so we need, to, we need to really solve this problem. And to me, it's, one shouldn't view this as a problem, but really it's how can we enrich the talent pool that's entering engineering so that we benefit from the diversity of experiences, diversity of views by being inclusive uh, of all different kinds of people who can contribute to a very bright future uh, for engineering and what engineering can do for societal well-being. I mean, we know, you and I know, uh, that engineering plays a tremendous role in helping people live uh, their lives productively, live, uh, you know, uh, with a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, you know, look, we are using this iPhone right now, and it has, you know, made life easier for a lot of, for hundreds of millions of people. Mm -hmm. And so we know the value that engineering brings. Uh, and I think my concern is that if our talent pool that's participating in creation of new technologies is, is sort of one-dimensional, it doesn't have the full spectrum of views and full spectrum of talent, I don't know if we will create technologies that will really serve the needs of this very diverse society that we have uh, that's you know, really uh, the, the, the people that can benefit from us. And so... Workforce, I think, I think it's strong, but I think we have to work very hard to address this problem uh, and challenge of bringing more women and underrepresented minorities into engineering. And I think that's probably something just about every occupation would say. They'd like to become more diverse. Uh, so that's kind of a challenge. Yeah. We're not only trying to get them into engineering and to stay there, but there are so many other uh, occupations competing for the same talent. But you know, what's interesting is that some other fields seem to have made more progress than, than engineering has. See, if I just look at, uh, you know, within this foundation, uh, women representation in biological sciences is much more balanced than it is in engineering. And so uh, even take within engineering, Biomedical engineering does quite well with, uh, with, with women representation. Uh, I would say chemical engineering does really well, mm -hmm. whereas electrical and mechanical kind of, you know, are on the lagging side. And so you, yes, I think all, all professions would like to address this problem. Uh, I think engineering faces this problem uh, in a much more severe way. And even within engineering, I would say electrical engineering and computer engineering actually have this problem, uh, uh, you know, is, is a very pressing problem for us. And, of course, we, I've, I've known many women and many people from all different backgrounds that are perfectly capable of doing this work and do a great job, but for some reason they just maybe don't have a role model to help them get interested in it and or they feel that they feel kind of alienated instead of included in everything. So I think that's a, that's a, that's a very important observation and I, I think very important question in that it's clear that a lot of people have the talent, inherent talent to succeed and do extremely well in our field. Uh, but there is a whole host of reasons why they choose not to do it or they enter and then leave. And uh, there are myriad reasons why that is happening. I think role modeling is clearly, uh, clearly one. I think the image of the profession, as you know, you sit in front of a computer and code away. I mean, I think that is another reason I, I feel that is 
the other third reason, you know, I hear anecdotally is that oh, women and, and minorities want to work on problems that help society, on as if electrical engineering does not. So that to me is an image of the profession. That is, we have not cultivated an image that our work actually benefits society in, in tremendous ways. And again, you and I know the story of how uh, just take you know semiconductor technology, which came out of our field, has revolutionized how we work, how we play, how we educate ourselves. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can't imagine modern society without the advances that electrical engineering has contributed. But somehow, students are not, I mean, the, the, the students are not seeing that we are doing good for society. And I think that that's a, a messaging problem that we need to work on. We need to create positive, uh, compelling stories about the work that we do, which is not just technical, but has societal value. Uh, is is uh, how it is helping people live uh, better lives. And, and now, now if you look at renewable energy, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that's a powerful story of what we, uh, as electrical engineers or engineers writ large, can do for the world to reach a sustainable future. And uh, uh, photovoltaic solar solar panels. Uh, I mean, what better story than what's happening there? Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would like? to see Congress do to help improve the uh, innovation infrastructure and, and improve the STEM workforce? So first of all, let me say that we are very grateful to Congress for the funding that Congress provides so that National Science Foundation can support science and engineering research and education. And so uh, I would begin there, and I would say that uh, we at NSF uh, certainly do our very, very best to invest public dollars wisely for uh, societal benefits. Uh, uh, having said that, uh, and, and we appreciate uh, congressional funding, I think the need is very large. If I look at how many bright, brilliant professors there are all across our universities, and how many of them aren't able to get an NSF grant, I feel like, oh, so much opportunity is going unrealized because the amount of money we have is limited. Now, of course, Congre Congress has many competing needs that they must attend to, so mm -hmm. I certainly have, I'm, I have no expertise to, to talk about that, except to say that there is this very large collection, group of bright young professors, students, with tremendous promise to create inventions and discoveries and technological advances that I'm absolutely confident would benefit society and pay off handsomely in our future. Well, we're, we're just about coming, uh, running out of time here. Not, not that the, uh, the tape is running out of time. Of course, it's not even a tape. But, uh, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your valuable time. I greatly appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add that you think would be of interest to your fellow IEEE members and the people that will be listening to this uh, broadcast? Well, I would say that uh, I've always thought that electrical engineering and electrical and computer engineering is a, is a very powerful field. And I think our history is extremely glorious. I mean, if I just look back and all the kind, all the things we have done, for example, you know, National Academy of Engineering rated electrification as the number one achievement of 20th century. Well, you know, we can take a lot of pride in that history. And... Uh, I, I believe that our field has a lot to contribute in the future, which will rival what we have done in the past. And so uh, I would very much uh, encourage my fellow electrical engineers to 
uh, think about really hard, important problems that our society faces. And you all know what they are. I think we face uh, major challenges and therefore major opportunities. Uh, I think our field is very well prepared to address those challenges, realize those opportunities, and contribute to societal good. And uh, I would just encourage everybody, uh, those who are in the profession already, those who are seeking to join the profession, uh, that we uh, do the best we can uh, to realize the promise of our field. And then we bring new talent to enter our field, make it a very attractive uh, area for young people, uh, whether they are in sixth grade or seventh grade, because we know that's where some of this begins, mm -hmm. interest. Uh, we, we need to do our best to reach out further down in the schools and show those kids what what they can do by joining uh, joining engineering and joining electrical engineering. So I wish IEEE well, and I, I thank IEEE for all the things it does uh, for all its members and for me personally. Well, Pramod, uh, thank you very much for your time, and thank you for your uh, leadership of the engineering director here at uh, NSF. Well, thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for the opportunity. I really enjoyed this discussion with you. Okay. Thank you. Time now for Georgia Stelluto and the IEEE USA Conference Update. Calling all future leaders, students of engineering, technology, business, management, and interdisciplinary fields, early career professionals in industry and other sectors, and experienced professionals in science and engineering. IEEE USA is offering a groundbreaking opportunity for learning, growing, and networking. Be part of the first-of-its-kind Future Leaders Forum, focused on early career technology innovators and thinkers. Meet world-renowned technology leaders and learn how to be one. Be energized by the insights and wisdom of your fellow attendees. Be inspired by the specially formulated leadership labs to boost your career. And enjoy the music, food, and culture of New Orleans. You'll be energized by the insights and wisdom of such speakers as Vince Cerf, Chief Internet Evangelist at Google, Patricia Hatter from Intel's Security Group, Nancy Reese Martin from GE's Global Research Center, and more. And we're confident that you'll be inspired by the specially curated leadership labs from Walt Disney Imagineering, TED Speaker Coaches, and others, all designed to boost your career. Registration is now open for this must-attend conference on the 28th through 30th of July in New Orleans. Don't miss it. Other conferences of note coming in 2016 are the IEEE Power and Energy Society General Meeting on the 18th through the 21st of July in Boston, Massachusetts, the International Conference on Connected Vehicles and Expo on the 12th through 16th of September in Seattle, Washington, and the IEEE International Conference on Wireless for Space and Extreme Environments on the 26th through the 29th of September in Aachen, Germany. Be sure to get these informative and interesting conferences on your schedule. For more information on upcoming conferences, go to IEEEUSA.org slash conferences. Hope you can attend some of these exciting events. Remember, networking with your peers is one of your most valuable professional tools. Don't miss these great opportunities. I'm Georgia Stelluto for IEEEUSA. In June... IEEE USA will provide free to IEEE members the ebook Shaping an Engineering Career, Book 2, Dual Career Ladders. Authors Raymond Floyd and Richard Spencer offer their insight into the dual career ladder, which represents the choice of career paths many engineers face. Should they stay on the technical side, go into management, or do both? 
IEEE members can download a free copy by going to IEEE USA shop and using promo code JUNEFREE16. That's J-U-N-E-F-R-E-E-1-6. The book will be available June 1st to July 15th. IEEE USA provides a complimentary ebook to members each month. This has proven to be one of the most popular IEEE member benefits. In addition, nearly 200 ebooks are ready for download on the IEEE USA shop site. Have you joined us yet for an IEEE USA webinar? These free events are designed to help you manage your career. From resume writing to interview skills to negotiating a fair salary to understanding ethical considerations, we offer a lot to help keep you ahead of the competition. You can also earn professional development hours. On June 9th, we're offering two webinars, one on creating and managing your career and one on modernizing the global patent system. On June 16th, you can learn about civility in the workplace. Employers will be interested in our June 24th webinar, learning how to get employees to become more engaged at work. To register for these events and see a variety of archive presentations, go to IEEEUSA.org and click on Webinar Series. That's all for today's podcast. I'm Chris McMains in Washington, wishing you and your family a wonderful day. This has been the IEEE USA Insight Podcast. Join us again next month as we take a look at news, information, and updates from IEEE USA. If you have feedback you'd like to share, please connect with us by commenting on our IEEE USA Insight article. Send us email at insightpodcast at IEEEUSA.org. Visit Facebook at facebook.com slash IEEE USA or Twitter at IEEE USA. I'm John Yuglenski. Thanks for tuning in.